0: Hey, my name is Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. I'm um, campus pastor here. Shandy, you look so great today, and uh, I'm really distracted by her, her, her moccasins, just to be perfectly honest with you, and uh, she made those, by the way. Just wanted to throw that out there, and uh, she made those things, and so she, when she was getting ready for church, she said, I'm going to rock the mocks, and I'm like, that's like the coolest thing I've ever heard you say, and uh, that is awesome, And uh, but uh, if you're new here, I really want to meet you. And uh, it's so easy to come and go. Uh, I didn't grow up going to church. I know what it feels like to come in somewhere and try and dart out so that way no one talks to you. And, uh, and so please fight that temptation. Love to say hi. Lo- love to meet you and uh, get to know you. Uh, we have coffee after the service. Come hang out with us. That would be so, so sweet. Um, this year, we're going to start off um, 2023 with a brand new series, and it's called um, Firm Foundation. And in this particular series, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a, a very specific look at, at four, four components of the Christian faith. We, we saw them up there. Maybe they're still there. They're not, but that's great. Um, but it's, it's prayer, Bible, worship, and witness. And these are fascinating, a fascinating four. Because any Christian would say, oh, yes, those are really, really important. We get it. But ironically, just because they're important, it doesn't actually mean that they're universally understood. <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're universally applied, nor does it mean that they're universally uh, appreciated. And they're the kind of s- subjects so that when you come to church, um, you kind of feel awkward asking questions about it because it's like, oh, I've been coming here for a couple weeks or a couple years or, or a couple decades. And, and sometimes asking questions is a little bit awkward when it seems like or feels like it might be an obvious question. And so we wanna start the year off um, talking about prayer talking about the Bible, talking about worship, talking about what it means to, to witness or, or, or share your faith, just so that we can all get a, a baseline, all create a foundation that we can build this particular year off of. And so because today is on prayer, I figured I should open with prayer just to uh, really let this set in. Okay, so let's, let's, let's pray together. God, thank you that you're real. Thank you for this moment. Thank you that we can actually talk to you. What a concept. So Father, I pray for each person in this room. God, that you give us ears to hear you today, Um, eyes to see what it is that you're doing around us. God, I pray that you would, if we have any expectations when it comes to, oh, another prayer sermon, God, would would you surpass those expectations? Father, surprise us with your spirit today. Would you speak directly to our hearts? In your name we pray. Amen. So as we begin together, let me let me define for you, uh, define for you prayer. And, and when I think of prayer, this is this is how I personally like to describe it. Prayer in its purest form is a two way conversation between you and God. Prayer in its purest form is a two way conversation between you and God. So so, so two way meaning that it's both talking and listening. There's this element of, of talking to God and this element of listening listening to God. And we don't always do both. If I, if I say prayer right before supper, usually it's trying to get it as fast as I can because I have four kids who are super hungry want to eat right away. And we're trying to rip through that prayer. I'm not doing much listening. I'm just kind of blurbing out whatever I can before they stuck forks in their mouths. And that's not really praying, really. So so what is prayer? It's a two-way, talking and listening conversation. A conversation is a fascinating term because it requires active participation. You need to engage with it in order for it to actually exist. There's a difference between talking at somebody and talking with somebody. All the married people said amen, right? You can't just, just talk at somebody and say, I'm having a conversation with them, right? There, there needs to be a, a, a two-way, um, like, like it's, it's, it's active, it's participatory, and, 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 and you need to actually engage with it. But it's a two-way conversation between you, which speaks to this idea that prayer is personal. Others can't do it for you. Like your spouse can't be the one that's doing all the praying all the time. Others can't do it for you. Prayer is actually your responsibility. See, I can pray for Shandy. Like, oh, Jesus, do great things in her life. I'm praying for her. But I can't pray on behalf of her. Lord, as Shandy, I now pray that she would be gentler with her husband. (laughs) Right? It, It doesn't work like that. Right? It doesn't work like that. Right? I can pray for her, but I can't pray as her. Right, and so so it is something that you you need to take responsibility for. You need to take ownership of. And a lot of marriages, and a lot of adults. We'll just say adults. A lot of adults. What happens is we get we get a little bit lazy in this department, and we get this idea that well, I'll just pray when I come to church. And by praying, what I mean is I'll say amen when other people pray. <laughs> like there's a difference between actually praying and just agreeing with somebody else's prayer, right? So it's two-way conversation between you and God. And this idea that it's a conversation with God is actually what I would say in my own personal life I would say this might be my single most favorite piece of Christianity. When you pray, you're not just talking to the wind. You're not just just shouting at the ceiling. You're not just thinking good thoughts and you're not just speaking to nobody. You're not just talking to yourself. When you pray, you're talking to the creator of the heavens and the earth. When you pray, you're talking to a real God. When you pray, you're talking to a real person. You're talking to the one who who knit you together in your mother's womb. You're talking to the one who knows you better than you know you. And I would say, I would say boldly, I would say that prayer is probably the most underappreciated thing that we have as Christians. Like, if you just think about it for a moment, if God really is real, and prayer is a conversation with God, why does prayer feel like such a chore? Like, if I was friends with Keanu Reeves, and he was like always with me in both like Matrix form and John Wick form, right? Like, I would lean on him for a lot of stuff. I'd be like, hey man, can you keep me safe? Can you be with me? Can you go everywhere I go? And he'd, he'd be like, yeah, of course, I got you. And I would take full advantage of that relationship. That wasn't in my notes, but I felt like it was really good. It was in the moment, right? But when it comes to prayer, when it comes to us talking with God, Sometimes I just feel like we, we don't really realize how good we got it. So if you're taking notes with me this morning, the first benefit of prayer that I want you to write down, that I want you to memorize, that I want you to hold deep inside your heart, is that prayer actually, indeed, it helps you, it helps you find God. We've all been there. Maybe, maybe life throws you some, some sort of curveball. Crisis hits, tragedy strikes, some unexpected, unknown event takes place in your life. Or or, or maybe we get to this spot in life where we notice, we start to notice some inconsistencies, right? Like it's easy to be a Christian when you don't really think about it. But when you start to think about, whoa, God's supposed to be real? Whoa, this Bible's supposed to be true? Whoa, Christianity's supposed to impact all of how I live? Whoa, the church is supposed to be helpful? And then you start looking at all these things, and you start noticing some inconsistencies. Maybe you're seeing inconsistencies in culture, or maybe it's inconsistencies in a in a relationship that you have, someone close to you, someone you love dearly. Maybe it's inconsistencies in your expectations, your dreams, the way you, way you thought the future would look, or inconsistencies in the church. Inevitably, we, we all tend to get to this place, whether you're a, a, a Christian or not, whether you grew up in the church or you didn't, we get to this place where we say, hmm, where's God in this? If God is real, where, where, where is he? And, and right off the top, as we, as we step into this series, I want to dispel a myth for you. And this is what I want you to know. God is not hiding from you. Let me illustrate this thought like this. Everyone, do me a favor, please close your eyes. Just close your eyes real quick. Just for a moment, I won't embarrass you, won't pull any tricks on you, I promise. But with your eyes closed, let me ask you a few questions. First of all, can you hear my voice? Yes? Are okay, you out there still? Okay, good. You can hear my voice. Second of all, with your eyes closed, no peeking, can you see me? No. So you can all hear my voice, but you can't see me because your eyes are closed. Now, here's a deeper question. Do I still exist just because you can't see me right now? Well, of course I do. So let's peel it back yet another layer. Keep your eyes closed. Does it mean that I'm hiding from you if the reason you can't see me is because your eyes are closed? Well, no, of course not. You can't see me because you're not looking for me. So one more question. Open your eyes. Can you see me now? I'm going to Starbucks. See you later, suckers. See, can you see me now? Of course. The answer is, no, you can't. In both scenarios, you you could hear my voice. There was evidence of my existence. You could hear me. In scenario one, you could hear me, but not see me because your eyes were closed and you weren't actively looking for me in that moment. But in scenario two, things are different. So you can hear my voice, but this is kind of awkward. It's a little bit weird. My, my, my presence is confusing now because I am hiding from you. And the truth is God doesn't hide from people. Listen to how the Bible describes finding God. In fact, this particular verse is actually talking about prayer. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, it says these words, Keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, now if you're a Bible underliner, that's a good place to underline. Everyone, which means everybody in this room. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, according to this verse, ta-da. According to this verse, God doesn't hide. According to this verse, what it tells us is it tells us that God is actually findable. The next time you're stuck, and the next time you're you're, you're trying to find God, through prayer, it says it says this: This is how you find him. When you ask God you'll receive. When you seek, you find. And when you knock, the the, the door is opened. Now hear me. When, When I'm having a hard time finding God, generally speaking, the reason God is so hard to find has less to do with him hiding from me and more to do with my willingness to actually ask, seek and knock. I'm going to be honest with you. It is infinitely easier to say that God isn't real than it is to genuinely seek after him. It's easier to say that God isn't real than it is to seek after him. But God is findable. And prayer is that pathway so not only does prayer help you find God but number two prayer brings you closer to God so it's important that we realize that it's at its fundamental core Christianity is about having a relationship with Jesus in fact I I apologize if what I'm about to say surprises you but you need to know this if you don't have a relationship with Jesus you are not a Christian. The relationship is that important. You might do Christian things, but you're not married to somebody just because you sit beside them on the bus. That would be weird. (laughs) You'd all think your seats through a lot more clearly if that was the case. But you're not married to someone just because you sit beside them. I'm not a mechanic just because I walk into a car garage. I'm not a barber just because I trimmed my beard a little bit. Doesn't work like that. See, marriage is developed through relationship. And central to any relationship is communication. If the communication is healthy, generally speaking, the relationship is going to be healthy. But when the communication gets foggy, the relationship gets foggy. And we start wondering to ourselves, like where do I stand? Like do you still love me? Do you still like hanging out with me? Like 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 is there something wrong with me? This is true in like friendships, this is true in marriage, but this is true with God too. Like 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 God are you there? And usually what happens is it's actually more the result of a relationship breakdown, or rather, a communication breakdown. It starts to, we, get, we get rattled. And let's be super real. Like this might actually explain some things about your spirituality. On the inside, you're saying, "I'm all in. But if you look at your day-to-day life, you're thinking to yourself, "God seems very inconsistent. And the question is, is it because God's inconsistent or is it because we are inconsistent? You want to know something? I've learned something about myself. This is what I've come to notice in my own personal life, that I can draw a direct link between the vibrancy of my prayers and the vibrancy of my faith. And this is why your prayer life is so critical. Because the quality of your prayers can actually bring you closer to God. And don't let this this thought overwhelm you. Because quality has less to do with a a certain terminology that you use. has less to do with style or religious code words. I I prayed like such a weirdo when I first became a Christian. Like, Like such a weirdo. I, did, I just looked at people who I thought were spiritual and just copied them. Little did I know that like one of the guys I copied had a Scottish accent, and so I was like, "Oh, that's how you got to pray." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm not Scottish. Why am I praying like this?" It was super weird. Or, or, or I remember thinking like, oh, "Okay, okay, 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 I should pray and sound more like the New King or the King James version. <laughs> that way, God hears me more clear clearly." And I would pray prayers that sounded a lot like, "Oh Lord, toucheth me." With thy mighty handeth. And I just threw if on everything, and I was like, maybe that will make God listen better. <laughs> and then every once in a while, I, as I started to learn more Christian words, I just threw them in. And so it was like, oh Lord, toucheth me with thy mighty handeth of your salvation and circumcision. And then, like, then you start to think about it and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. What am I even saying? It felt spiritual, it felt right. But like in the moment, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. And sometimes this is our prayer life. We pray because we hear somebody say something at church. We hear something in a song. We see something in the Bible. And so we just throw it into our language and, and we, we assume that this means God's gonna hear everything. And it makes no sense. Like, God knows how you think. He knows your thoughts. He knows your inner man. He knows how you function. He knows your weaknesses and your strengths. He knows the Sunday version of you, like this version. But he also knows the version of you that's up till midnight on Friday, binge-watching Netflix. He sees both sides of you. And so, buttering up our, our spiritual language when we pray And avoiding the authentic nature of who we are only really does ourselves a disservice. You can speak to Jesus in your own language. Prayer quality, as I called it, has less to do with using the correct Christian verbiage and more to do with the authenticity and intentionality of your words. Just be real. Hear my heart this morning. The last thing I want you to do is is feel bad for not praying enough. That's not the point of the sermon. The sermon is actually, it's not meant to make anybody feel guilty. My goal today is that it makes us feel hungry. Because I can guarantee you, if you want to know that God is real, if you want to experience him in a new way, if you want to be closer to God in 2023, prayer is going to be your pathway in terms of finding him and growing closer to him. Prayer is a, it's a, it's a key indicator of a, of a person's spiritual health. Think of it as that blinking light on your dashboard. And this is what I've noticed in my own life. When, when prayer is an afterthought, generally speaking, Jesus is an afterthought. That doesn't have to be your story this year. See, see don't off, overcomplicate your prayer life. James, the, 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 the brother of Jesus, this is what he said. This is the advice he gives us in the scriptures in James chapter 4, verse 8. So said, you, you want to grow closer to God? This is how you do it. Come closer to God, and God will come closer to you. That's pretty easy math. The psalmist writes in Psalm 145, he says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. When we call on God, we're we're, we're praying to God. The Lord is close to those those who, who, who pray. Yes, to all who call on him in truth, it says. So if you want to get closer to God, just talk to him. So prayer helps you find God. And prayer helps you grow in God. But prayer also helps you process your, your feelings and emotions as well. Like prayer is extraordinarily Helpful. when it comes to living in the moment and learning how to do that. You see, sometimes we live with a, a, a forward tilt towards the future. And this can be problematic for you. I mean, your, your feet are planted in the present. You're, you're going about your day to day. You're doing you're doing life stuff and everything makes sense. But your head is lost somewhere in tomorrow. We're, we're afraid or we're 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 panicked we're maybe we're nervous about something or we're anxious we're worried and it's all about something that hasn't happened yet we're planted in the present but we're but we're leaning towards the future and this is an awkward way to live your whole entire life it, it, there's there's no balance there and this is This is not a healthy way for you to live because that particular posture, what it does is it steals your joy and and it negatively impacts your soul. And and everybody knows that. Like like Nobody wants to do that. No one wants to be worried all the time or feel anxious all the time. But prayer helps center us. Uh, On the flip side, the opposite is true as well. Sometimes we live with a, a, a backwards tilt. And and this is no way to live through life either. Because sometimes we lead, live with this backwards tilt. Our, our, our feet are planted in the present, but our heart is something caught in. It. It's, it's stuck in yesterday. We're sad. We can't shake it. We're angry. We're, hurt. we're 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 rattled because of something that already happened and is no longer happening and we're stuck back there but we're half half here so we're half in the present, half in the past, and some of us half in the future and we're, and we're we're all we're all askew The problem with living with this backwards tilt is it will rob your peace and negatively impact how you see the world. In 1 Peter, it says these words. And I love the truth that comes through these words. It says, give all your cares, give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about you. Like, you need to understand, like, that is so beautiful. This God who exists actually cares about you. So the things that you care about, you can give to him. This verse is significant because what it does is it teaches us that, that prayer is the conduit through which we give our worries and our cares to God. I'm sure many of you have read this verse before. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. But how do you actually do that? Well, it helps to realize that God cares about you. It helps when you know that God cares about what's bothering you. And so it's helpful if you think of prayer as a a centering exercise. And when we feel ourselves leaning forward, Or we feel ourselves leaning back, just stop. Take a breath. Pray. Give your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Some of you, you've been waiting. I just can't wait to get to Sunday because then I can give my worries and my cares to God. You can do that here, of course. But you can do this in your bedroom as well. You can do this midweek. Christianity isn't supposed to be a once a week, one hour a week practice. Like the beauty of Christianity, the beauty of prayer is that you get to take this moment with you always. So it sounds like this Dear Jesus, I feel angry right now. Help me with that. The answer isn't I feel angry, stop it. Because sometimes you need to process what's making you angry. You're not, you're not doing yourself a favor by t- pretending not to be mad. That's not Christian spirituality. <laughs> so it's God, I feel angry. Help me with that. God, I feel I'm, I'm worried about something. Dear Jesus, I'm worried. Help me have peace. Dear Jesus, I feel nervous about this. Help me, help me to see things from your perspective. Dear Jesus, I, I I feel sad. I need to I want to feel your peace. Sit with me in my mourning. Philippians chapter four, verse six to seven says these words. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead pray about everything. That, that verse seems so impossible but so possible at the same time. He's not saying don't don't acknowledge your worry. He's saying focus it. Send it somewhere. It's doing you no good sitting in your worry and just projecting it on the future. Instead, give that worry to Jesus. This is how prayer helps you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In other words, do not underestimate the power of your prayer life. God literally gives us this equation that we can follow here. <laughs> it says, Tell God what you need. Lord, I need to not want to punch everybody in the neck, or whatever your issue may be, speaking for a friend, not for myself. God, this is what I need. Then thank him for what he's done. Lord, I may be struggling with this, this issue now, but I remembered how you answered that prayer I prayed two weeks ago. Or last year. I remember how you were faithful in the past. And I want to thank you, Lord, that I'm not alone. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you that you're there. Thank you that you care about me. If you did it then, you can do it now. Just tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you experience God's peace. Some of you, you're praying for God's peace without engaging in the process. You want the end result without the work that gets you there. That just doesn't just be like, feel peace all of a sudden. But there's this element of actually engaging with our life, engaging with our story, engaging with our circumstances. That's why Christianity is so helpful and so vibrant and so relatable and so useful. Because all of a sudden it's like, God, I'm having a really, really hard time right now. Thank you that you care. Thank you that you've been there in the past. And through this posture of prayer, through this, this pathway of prayer, this is where we find peace. Prayer is the pathway. So let me close with this. Prayer helps us find God. Prayer brings us closer to God. Prayer helps us process our feelings and emotions, our our real life stuff. But lastly, prayer benefits those around us as well. And the privilege of the praying believer is that he or she has direct access to God. And a God Who wants to transform other people's lives just as much as he transformed your own. If he can do it in you, he can do it in them. And so moms and dads in the room, if you've got kids who are who've maybe walked away from the faith, if he can do, if God can work in your life, he can surely work in their life. And so you bring them to God in prayer. I remember for years, I was the only Christian in my family. For years, I remember praying for my parents. And I remember when we launched this church, I remember in the business center, I remember it was like week two, and my parents were sitting in the front row. And I remember my mom popping up her hand to receive Christ. And God answers prayer maybe not as fast as we want, but God hears you when you pray. Your relationship with God isn't designed to only benefit your life. We're all part of a larger picture, a larger mosaic. We're all connected. And our personal prayer life doesn't only exist to benefit us, but provides opportunity to benefit others as well. We see this concept in First Timothy when Paul writes, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Not just the people you like, but pray for all people ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live in peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. In other words, pray for the government. Pray for your municipal leaders, your federal leaders, your provincial leaders. Be people of prayer. Pray for your boss. Pray for your family members. Pray for your neighbors. Verse three, this is good and pleases God our savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. In other words, he's saying your your prayers matter more than you will ever know in fact us even as a campus here in the west shore we're actually the fruit of prayers that were prayed 10 years ago when people would say oh i wonder what it would look like if 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 coastline church had a campus in the west shore and it took years for it to come to fruition but here we are And as we step into 2023, as your pastor, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, and I'm challenging you. Let's be a praying church, a church that prays. Would you stand to your feet with me? wasn't sure if I would end here but I want to read you one more scripture verse. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. This is James chapter 5. So if you're suffering hardships right now friends, you should pray about it. Are any of you happy? It says, well you should sing praises. Thank thank God. It says, are any of you sick? Well, you should call on the elders of the church to come and pray for over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person is great power and produces wonderful results. And this is what I want to do today. It's it's not in our normal patterns. But if you're sick, I would really like to pray for you. I've seen God heal people. And And we're preaching on prayer. And there's this part of me that If I'm worth any salt as your pastor, I need to be able to pray with you. And so we're going to do this. If you would like prayer for healing, I'm going to invite you to come forward right now. And we're going to close our service just praying for those who come to the front. Can we do that? It's not not a normal gig. But there's part of me that... There's part of me that believes if you want to see things you haven't seen before, you need to do things you haven't done before. And I think as we step into this year, we're in this, this posture that we can keep doing church as usual or we can pray and ask God for some miracles. And so, yeah, so please come, come forward. If we line up right across the front here and, and I'm going to anoint you with oil. And, and, and then as, as a church, I want you to stand behind them and we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would move today. And and we'll wait for you to come down. I don't mean to embarrass anybody. I just, I've seen God heal people. And so so I want to give you that opportunity. In fact, I'll even broaden it a little bit further where it says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Maybe it's a particular season or maybe you've recently lost a job or you're in a season where it's life threw you a curveball and you didn't see it coming. And you would say, I got hardship. Well, I would love to pray with you too so, is this anybody else? Okay, so maybe what we'll do is we'll invite the band up. And uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be really great. As the band plays, we're going to pray. You're, uh, up here, we're all part of this together. Okay? If you have hardships, you can pray. If you're happy, you can praise and sing praises to God. If you've got sin in your heart... You don't have to leave here carrying that you can give that to god today and say lord i want to be free from this and 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 we'll we'll just take these next few moments together praying and for those who've come to the front i want you to pray pray that god would move today that this would be a, a season of miracles here in the church and so so let's pray together if i can have some of my prayer team come up you guys can lay your hands behind them and we'll just pray and let's begin to pray together here we go I'll let me let me pray father We thank you that you're real, and we thank you that you're here. We thank you that there is power in prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you care about us more than we could ever possibly imagine. We thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. Father, you knit us together in our mother's womb. You know everything about us, the insides and the outs, the good stuff and the bad. And Father, this morning, we pray for supernatural healing father we pray for each person who's come to the front this morning and we just pray that holy spirit you would touch them that god you would use them that you would speak to them that father you would heal them right now in this very room what is what is sick would be made well in jesus name that there would be healing in jesus name the father that you are our great physician and so father we look to you this morning for a miracle lord For those who are standing in the pews today, God, I pray that, Lord, this year you would spark something inside of them, that, God, you would spark a a hunger and a desire to see more of you, that, Father, this would be a place of prayer, a house of prayer, and that, Father, you would begin to transform the West Shore in ways that we could never even have imagined, Father. We thank you that you're real. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that we have access to you and that, Father, you care about the things we care about. So we give you this morning, Lord, in your name. Amen.